chapter 17, Exodus chapter 17. I want to preach tonight, and don't make any pre-judgments off the title, but I want to preach when God changes the preacher's plan. When God changes the preacher's plan. And uh, this is one of those messages that I really asked myself if I should preach it. And this is my determining factor. If I was told I couldn't preach it, I'd, I'd have to sit down. Because this is what God has just made so real in my own heart. But I want to preach very carefully and honor to the Lord and to our pastor when God changes the preacher's plan. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. I invite you to stand with me as we read God's word. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. And one on the one side, and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, Because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Some of my dearest friends are here at the church, and I want to. I've done a lot with Brother Ronnie and, and uh, been a dear friend through the years. And through this trial with our pastor, he has proven to be an impeccable man of character. And uh, so I'm going to ask Brother Ronnie if he would pray for the service tonight. You may be seated. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And when we go to this passage, your attention is immediately on Aaron and her. And we'll address Aaron and her in a moment. But automatically, this story, when we go to that passage, not, you may not have known the reference, but when you see the name Aaron and her, most anybody could connect. These were the two men that God that had went up with Moses onto the hill and began to be his support staff, if you will, in the moment of Moses' need. But as I look here, I want us to see there's a great man of God in our midst, Moses. Moses was a tremendous man of God. He was a great leader. And he had a battle plan. And you have to see Amalek was a type of the world of the flesh, if you will. So when Amalek came to battle with the children of Israel, it was natural. God's people against the world. And that's where our battle ought to lie, not amongst ourselves. But the battle was against the flesh and the world. And Moses told Joshua, he said, to choose out men and go fight. And he told Joshua, he said, when you do that, you choose the men, you go fight, and I'm going up to the hill with the rod of God in my hand, 
and I'll be upon the hill while the battle's going on. But when we get on the hill and Moses and Aaron and Hur has arrived up to where they're going to be on the hill and Moses said tomorrow he would be on the hill. And I want to say, I want to, uh, if I may say, we don't know what tomorrow holds. Moses said tomorrow I will stand with the rod of God in my hand. But as the story pro- uh, progresses and we get there, we find very quickly that was not God's plan. When Moses arrived on the hill... The Bible begins to reference when Moses held his hand up, Israel would prevail. And when his hand would would come down, Amalek would prevail. And we find Moses ended up sitting on a rock. Moses' plan, if you had asked Moses the day before, his plan was he was going to be standing. He was going to have the rod of God in hand. And his plan, his desire, what he wanted and what he thought was right, and he was, in, he was 100% right in everything he was planning. He was the man of God leading the people out of Egypt and the children of Israel. His plan, nothing was wrong there, but God had a different plan. God's plan was that Moses would be on the stone that Aaron and Hur would pull in and that he would have to have a support staff. In that moment, Moses got there and physically he wasn't able to stand. Physically, and because the Bible referenced his hand, but they brought him a stone to be seated. So that tells us that physically Moses was tired perhaps or whatever physical ailment in that moment of his life. He wasn't able to stand or able to hold his hands up, so he had to be seated. That's quite a bit different from what he was saying the day before, isn't it? Just in one day's time, we're looking at a very drastic change in what? In God's plan for the preacher. We talk much of Aaron and her. We'll reference them as we get there. But I really want to zoom in tonight through the message on that rock. Because when you look and you study this story and you see the magnitude of it, when, when Moses went to begin to climb the hill, Aaron and her was with him. That part didn't change. Aaron and her. Nothing changed there. Joshua didn't trade places with Aaron. Nothing there changed. That part of the plan God allowed to happen. The only change in the plan was the man of God, Moses, standing and sitting. And so I think the key to look at is going to be the rock and the stone they brought over. And I want us to study. I think there's a few things we'll gain from that rock. And so that was the real object of change. And I want to say tonight, and I want to say very carefully, to my knowledge, our church has never being in the position we're in today. That's not a scary position when you know your faith's in God. But to my knowledge, I don't guess there's been a time that Brother Ronnie had to preach Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and I would fill in tonight because physically our pastor needed that. So to my knowledge, we're traveling a new new path, and by any, any stretch of the imagination would I not try to cross any lines of my position. But I would imagine if you asked Aaron and her that day, as they traveled up the hill, they never expected to see Moses physically unable to stand and hold his hands. They're looking at the man who led them out of Egypt. They're looking at the man who stood before Pharaoh. They're looking at the man who who said, let my people go, and I am. They're looking at the man who's been at the burning bush, who has seen God and heard from God. They're looking at the man 
who is being their great leader. They're looking at the man that when the Egypt is, is trailing on them close behind in the Red Sea, they come and it looks hopeless. They're looking at the man that God used to part the waters miles wide so dry ground will be available to cross over. And they're looking at the man that as they get across and they're looking to his leadership that God destroys the enemy behind them. They're looking at the man... That is their interceder on behalf of God. They're looking at the man that when they're thirsty in a dry land, they're looking at the man, they're looking to him so he can look to God on the behalf of his people. They're looking at that man. If you asked them that day, they didn't expect that they would have to hold up the man of God's hands that night while the battle prevailed. They had no intentions when they went with Moses to have to hold his hands up that day. They were looking at a man that had been in the presence of God to bring down the law of God. They're looking at that man. But God had a different plan for the preacher that day. I believe we can take from this passage as a church and we can apply it to our lives to best assist, support, and stand with our man of God. And I want to say, it's not time to waver. It's not time to question. And we're going to talk in more detail as we go through the story here. But I want to take what God has put in His Scripture and apply it to my life and maybe to help us all apply it to our lives so we can be that for our man of God. You know, I want to submit to you tonight that a a relationship between the pastor and the body of Christ and the church is a mutual two-way relationship. The tendency, we often reap the benefits of His sacrificial love. And we often reap the benefits of His unselfish giving. We often reap those benefits. Oh, but the time has come that we give back. We reap the benefit of a pastor and a wife that loves the church unconditionally and that supports us and is there for our families. You know, I thought so many times how strange it was Wednesday. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to obey the Lord tonight. But you know how strange it was Wednesday to... See, our pastor in the hospital bed that time. I've been in the hospital room when he's come by till the babies were born and visited with us. And I was looking through pictures the other night and I saw him holding Levi there in the hospital. That's my pastor. It was very strange to see the table turned. And it was awkward to see that. But you know, that was all a part of God's plan. When God changes the preacher's plan, if you asked him Wednesday morning, his plan was to preach Wednesday night. If you were to ask him last Sunday, he had every intention to preach this morning and tonight. Every intention. But that God changed the preacher's plan. And may we tonight, as we look, may we begin to help ourselves to do our part of a mutual relationship and being a support for our pastor. What do we do when God changes the preacher's plan? Number one, I'd like to submit to you tonight, we bring out the stone. We bring out the stone. If you look there in verse 12, it says, They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat there on. That stone was a solid place for Moses. It was a solid place. You know, they didn't say they sat Moses down on the ground and in the dirt. But it says they took a stone. It wasn't just a stone that was just randomly there. They had to move this stone and place it in the right place for the pastor. They were out of their norm. And I want to say, there's going to be some of us, it's going to be time to step out of our norm and be the support and, and stand behind our pastor and move some stones. 
There's going to be time that we move into a life of support and giving them the very best and the stone and support and that strong foundation, that solid foundation. I want you to notice, they put the stone under them. They put it under them. And he sat there on. We need to provide a solid foundation. What we have to understand is what's in the past may not apply to the future. What's in the past may not apply to the future. Moses in the past had used his rod multiple times, many times, in order to accomplish God's will. This time it wasn't. This time it was a little bit out of the ordinary for everybody. Change will unnerve anyone, but the key is to stay solid in times of change. We have a common saying, if you're in any ministry around here, and I know, no knee jerking. Don't knee jerk. Don't knee jerk. And now is as important a time as any that we don't need jerk, folks. That we, hang, we stand strong and we provide, we bring out the stone. See, bringing out that stone was critical. Because it said something to the man of God when they brought out the stone. It put on display what they had heard, what they had seen, what they had witnessed from the man of God. See, we just previous, in a few verses back, And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They'd be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. And thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it. The people of God had seen Moses bring provision from God through the rock. So when they went, when Moses was in a time of need and they brought the stone out for Moses to set on, they were saying to the man of God, I've heard what you've said. I've listened to the messages you've preached. I know it's a time to trust God. I know that God is our provider. and I know God will bring the provision. Here's the stone. It was a, a picture. They had seen God's provision in the rock. And so when the man of God needed provision, they brought what they had seen and witnessed in the life of Moses. So what do we do when the... God changes the preacher's plan, we bring out the stone. But number two, I'd like to submit to you, be a steady servant. Be a steady servant. They knew what Moses needed, the rock. And I'd like to say that it all started when they moved the rock. They moved the rock for the man of God. Steady servant. I think there's several truths I want us to learn from the, not just Aaron and her, and in a moment we'll see more of it. But I want you to see, first of all, they worked as a team. They worked as a team. If you look there in, in the verse, it says, They took a stone. They. It wasn't one man, it wasn't one individual, it was they. And, and, when, and when Aaron and her held his hands up, it was Aaron on one side and her on the other, and they were a mutual team supporting one cause. And at that moment, the cause was the man of God. It, they, it was a teamwork effort. You don't see them fighting about which stone. You don't see them getting distracted on what, Aaron, I think this stone hurt. No, it's this one. Look, it's got the flash. You don't see none of that. You just see him getting the stone and getting the pastor what he needed, the man of God what he needed, and following through and working together to get the job done. <clears throat> they weren't deciding who was going to get the left hand, who was going to get the right hand. None of that. It was teamwork. They. They moved. They took a stone. They just got busy helping the man of God. 
And may I say, we, we say often, and many times in our meetings, the pastor will reference that. We build it on one man, we're in trouble. Talking about the bus ministries and different things. Uh, because it needs to have that strength of multiple people being able to step in and fill in and stand in the gap, make up those hedges at those times. And I want to say we find in this story tonight, it's not a one-man operation, it's a team. It's a team. And Aaron and her, they supported the man of God as a team. They worked as a team. But I'd like, to say, I'd like you to notice they didn't say much. Matter of fact, I don't say they said much of anything. That I, in my reading, I don't see that they said much of anything. It's moments like these that sometimes the fewer words will serve us all the best. You know, it's times like these, church, it's not our job to speculate. You know, I'm not going to even tell you one time that I, I, it makes sense to me that our pastor had a stroke Wednesday morning. I don't get it. But I do know why. God's plan. And I think if you asked him, he would tell you the same thing. God's plan. But it's not our time to discuss and speculate and diagnose. It's our time to support. You don't find Aaron and her there when they saw Moses' hands getting heavy. You reckon he's all right? You reckon he's going to come through this? You reckon what's going to happen now? We're all gone. No, 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 no. What do you need, Pastor? What do you need, Moses? What do you need? What can I do? What do you need? Where can I feel in? What can I do to help you? They worked as a team. They didn't talk much. And they fought the right battle. They fought the right battle. We look at this story, but, but when we read this, as I said already, Aaron and Hur comes to the forefront of the line. But don't forget, Joshua the day before, was given his orders to be down on the battlefield fighting Amalek, chosen his men. He chose his men and said, said, and this is a good picture of delegation. The man of God told Joshua, he said, find your men and go fight the battle. Go fight the battle with, with the Amalekites. Go fight it. And Joshua remained fighting the battle. You don't, and Aaron and Hur, they're in their place. They're in their place. They, they fought the right battle. You know, I wonder, what if Joshua got sideways because he was the one that had to go out and get shot at when Aaron and her got to go up to the hill? What if Aaron said, man, I want to be the hero. I want to go down there and I want to pick out the men and I want to take them to fight the battle. I want to so that when we prevail, I was the leader. No, you don't hear none of that. You know what? The devil will give you anything, anything to find a place here. A battle went here. That's not our battle, folks. Am, Am, um, Amalek was a type of the world in the flesh. Our battle is still a lost and dying world. Our battle's not in here and of opinions and, and popularity and, and who's going to be in charge and none of that. That's not our battle. Our battle is getting people to Jesus. And our battle, we must stay focused on the battle. I see they fought the right battle. But I see they held up both hands. Say, so what do you mean they held up both hands? I want you to look there in verse 11, would you please? And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, singular, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands, plural, were heavy. So let me, let me, let me see if maybe uh, picture this the way I picture it. As Moses is up on the hill and he's watching the battle, I can see him holding a hand up. And when he would hold that hand up, they would prevail. 
How many of you ever sat in class and held your hand up forever? And, and what do you do? You switch. And I, it made it clear. It said Moses' hand. So I imagine, and then when he said his hands were heavy, that tells me he was using both of them. And so some, he, would, he might would switch once in a while so the battle could continue on in the favor of Israel. But I would imagine in that transition time to the other hand, you would see the Am- Amalek begin to overtake again. And Moses' hands were heavy. You find Aaron and her, they came. And they slid the rock over for him, the stone if you will. They had seen all this. They had witnessed the hand. And they had seen the battle prevail on behalf of God's people. And they would seen the transition where the battle would switch. And they got the man of God up. All they had to do was one hand. But Aaron and her, one on one side and one on the other, as we find what the Bible tells us, they were holding up the hands of the man of God. So well, what in the world is the value of that? He was, they were putting on display that the man of God was worthy of double honor. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.17, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. You know, our, the man of God is worthy of double honor because he's God's man. Hey, they could have just barely skimmed by and said just, well, one hand's getting the job done. But no, it was worthy. It was a worthy cause. One on each side, both hands in the air. It was a worthy cause. And the man of God was worthy of double honor. They held up both hands. May I say, it's not the time to do just enough to get by. It's not the time to do just enough to say, well, I serve my pastor a little bit. Now's the time to promote double honor. Now's the time to stand behind Him more than we ever have. Now's the time to give Him the support that He so desires and so needs. Now's the time. They held up both hands. They were there till the end. They were there till the end. I want you to notice the statement, until the going down of the sun. You know when the sun goes down, we know that to be the completion of a day. Aaron and her, they were in it for the long haul. They were in it for the long haul. They were there until the end. May I just be bold enough to say these men were not fair weather buddies. They weren't fair weather buddies that when everything's on top side, when the pastor's 100%, when the church is growing out the seams, when the offerings are wonderful, everything's good, we love you pastor, we're thankful God brought us here, but then when something hits bottom, when the pastor has a physical struggle, when something's not, the crowd looks a little down, they weren't fair weather buddies. They were genuine men of class and character and men who completed their task. And that's what God needs from His people. They need, he needs men and women of class and character that will stand true to what you believed two weeks ago. You still believe it today. Moses, we're here for you in the hard times. Is it not easy to love somebody? Is it not easy to stand with somebody when they're giving a lot back? Boy, the challenge comes when it's time. I'm sure with Aaron and her, they thought, when we're going to appear with Moses, we get to be in the presence of the man of God. This is going to be wonderful. And I'm sure they, they were looking to say, well, we'll be here if he you know, needs a glass of water, we'll get it for him. But what they ended up was a whole different ballgame than what they expected. But they were in it till the end, till, until the going down of the sun. You know what I, I love is Moses wasn't given an opportunity in that moment when his hands were getting heavy. He wasn't given 
an opportunity to have to question where his help would come from. God had put the men around him already. That's all the need and filled the need. I can see Aaron and her as Moses' hands are getting heavy and they see he's getting slow in between the transition. And I see that taking place. I can see them saying, we need to, be, we need to get something together. Moses needs some, something extra today. Yeah, I think that stone will work. We'll have that ready. Moses didn't have... You don't find in the Bible where Moses was going, well, now what? No, 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 no. They saw a need and they filled a need. They signed up to be with Moses and they were sticking with Moses through the end. And then may I say one more thing I see from these men is they didn't doubt their position. They didn't doubt their position. In a moment like this, it's not a time to be questioning your Sunday school class. It's not a time to question your bus route. It's not a time to question your choir membership. and It's not a time to question your service here in the ministries of Solid Rock Baptist Church. They didn't doubt their position. You don't find Aaron and her saying, Oh, Aaron, I just don't know why. We came up here now. We're, we're in a mess. The man of God's struggling. No, 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 no. They stayed by the stuff. They didn't doubt their position. And now's no time to doubt. So when, the man of, when, the, when God changes the preacher's plan, I think we have to bring out the stone. We have to be a steady servant. But then lastly, we have to believe the Savior. I believe the greatest picture from this rock, the greatest picture, and what I, I hope you'll remember tonight, the greatest picture of the rock and what they did by placing the man of God on the rock was they were placing... Him on the rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. I want to share with you tonight out of Psalms. It says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in Him. What they said that day said, Moses, here's the rock. That rock is Jesus. And we're trusting Jesus to bring you through this. That's the greatest point of this rock. Is that Jesus is our rock. Jesus is our defense and our only hope as a church and our only hope for our man of God is Jesus. And we have to put our trust in Jesus. And that was the greatest image. When they placed Him on the rock, they were placing Him in the hands of a Savior. And her saying, God, You are our only hope. You're our only chance if we're to see our man of God rejuvenated, revived, and renewed in a physical strength come back. Our only hope is Jesus. Our only hope is Jesus. You know, we, we say it so much, it's almost, almost cliche, but we often say God does all things well. And He does. Hey, now's the time. In the moment of opportunity, don't falter now. In the moment of opportunity, if we believe God does all things well, then God does all things well in the hard times. We believe God does all things well in the good times. We need to believe Him on the bad times. We need to believe Him on those times that we don't understand. We don't see why. God's good all the time. The preacher told me last night, he said, God will get the good out of this. God will get the good out of this. And so as a parrot, if I may, God will get the good out of this. God will get the good out of this. Church, I want to ask you tonight, the greatest thing you and I will do, 
The greatest thing is to be a solid foundation for our pastor. Be faithful. Be in your place. And when he looks out in the congregation, he sees a church that loves him. He sees a church that supports him. He sees somebody that still believes we've got a man of God. May I say, may I say, be, 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 bring out the stone. Be faithful. Be in your place. Oh, may I say, be a, be a steady servant. Don't waver now. Don't waver now. Oh, may we believe the Savior. I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet. If you bow your heads and close your eyes.